Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. I'm back. I survived Florida. And uh, don't worry, I only had one woman ask my family to take a photo of her without her dress on at an outdoor restaurant. Why? <laughs> I don't Wait, know. was she fully naked? No, she, she was just like, would you guys take a picture of me? And my sister was like, yeah, sure. And she was like, I kind of want to just like take it in my underwear. And my sister <laughs> jokingly was like, live your best life. But then she just took off her dress and my brother-in-law like had to take a photo of her. (laughs) And we were like, well. Right. You have signed the verbal contract that is, yeah, I'll take your picture. Yep. And And you have to take a picture, whatever they end up in. And we did. And my dad uh, was basically saying that his soundtrack, internal soundtrack for the entire time we were in Florida was just going only in Florida. (laughs) So we did it. We survived. Nice. Thank you. I will say last time I was in Florida was Daytona Beach, where while I was waiting in line to check into the hotel, I was like the only person there wearing clothes. Yeah. I don't understand. Anything goes, man. Well, let's just shake off the Florida and get on with today's episode. Obviously, we're going to start things off with Worst Things First, where I shout about the worst news of the week. After that... I'm putting on my fitness bro hat. That's right, because guess what? I lift. Whoa, you lift, bro? And I push, and I squat. But yeah, I'm talking shit about different types of exercising, because my body is sore, so I'm going to exercise my complaining muscles. What are those? My brain and my voice, and a little bit my penis. And finally, we've got a very exciting guest complainer, actor, entrepreneur, 
Dylan Sprouse. Maybe you know him from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and its spin-off Sweet Life on Deck. Maybe you know him from his mead brewery, All Wise Meadery. Or maybe you know him from the multiple times Barry has talked about the Sprouse twins. And now you'll know him because he's on this podcast where I directly confront him about getting both of us drunk on mead like three weeks ago. And it is good. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's do a squat every time I say next and start the show. All right. Worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week first. A masked man attempting to rob a Kentucky chicken restaurant. Guess what it's called? Kentucky Fried Chicken? No, you fucking moron. Oh, man. I walked right into that one. <laughs> um, Obviously, it was Raisin Cane's chicken fingers. Oh, duh. <laughs> so anyway, a masked man was attempting to rob a Raisin Cane's chicken fingers, but was thwarted by a pair of married off-duty police officers who are having a date night at the same restaurant. Bam! Boom. Guess what? Love will find a way to make sure you don't get no goddamn free chicken. <laughs> I just love that two cops were on a date at a Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. One time I was at an In-N-Out in California and a bride and groom and their bridal party were all there after the wedding, like in their full getup. And I was like, great nice. job. Well done. I just think if I were that cop, I'd be like, I'm not on the job right now. <laughs> it's like the dentist thing where it's like, don't ask me about your teeth. <laughs> like, I'm, do whatever crimes you want in front of me. I'm not doing shit. Yeah. It's like, okay, if someone a- expects me to be funny when I'm not on stage, no. Give me money. Right. Give Pay me five dollars. Buy a ticket right now and I'll tell you a joke. <laughs> <laughs> or else, uh, yeah, you're getting nothing. You're getting my sour side. <laughs> Oh, I guess for me it's my you're Sweet getting side. you're getting my happy side. <laughs> you're getting my not piece of shit side. Anyway, the two married officers cut their date night short to chase this man outside of the restaurant, tackle him and arrest him. They also found that the gun was stolen from the police department. Oh, look at that. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like they fucked up in the first place. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Uh, But anyway, good for them. Next, a man in Virginia suspected someone on his property of trying to steal his goats. So he called the police. And while he waited for them to arrive, he held the suspect at gunpoint. Damn. Man loves his goats. Yeah. Don't tell Fred. Fred the goat. Did they specify whether the suspect who was trying to steal the goats was human? It could could have been Fred. Because it could have been Fred. Could have been Fred the goat. It could have been Fred dressed up as a person. We don't know. We don't know the facts. We weren't there. I'm Um, just saying. It was a person. Okay. (laughs) It was a 19-year-old named Cole. So maybe maybe I'll ask Dylan where his brother was on this night. Yeah. Uh, It was also the person's name was Cole Schrock. Which sounds like the name that Cole Sprouse would give. Absolutely. If he were put under fire. Anyway, police responded to a call from a property owner who said he was holding a thief in the middle of a field on his land. Uh, So it was a farmer who told uh, the deputies that his wife had gone outside to check on their goats and discovered that they'd been let out of their pen. So it wasn't even... Just like, oh, the dog got out. Let's bring out a gun and point it at the first person we see. That's what I'd do if someone tried to take putty. So it could have been a goat. It could have been a goat. 
And then this, this we don't know where Fred is. Overreacting farmer was like, "Let me blame the first person I see, Cole Sprouse." Uh, the farmer tracked the suspect to a field where he found a man apparently intoxicated and slurring his words. Three goats were tied up next to the suspect's truck. Sick. What kind of sicko ties up goats? Sicko is trying to have a fun time. Okay. Trying to get some goat. I do remember hearing that uh, a goat's vagina anatomically is closest to a human's. And this guy probably knew that, trying to take some goats. I'm just saying, I don't support it, but I get it. Uh, so the farmer said that he didn't recognize the suspect at first um, and thought he was, you know, stealing his goats. Uh, turns out that the suspect was someone who he had previously sold goats to. Oh, huh. he thought it was like a buy one, get one free deal? I guess so. Coming, coming back later for the three <laughs> yeah, goats? that was just a down payment bought? Yeah. on whatever goats you want in the future. Unlimited goats. All you can, all you can fuck. Next! Police in Florida. Only in Florida. We're able to find two suspects accused of stealing drugs from a CVS by literally following a trail of pill bottles that they left. Uh, So, yeah, these two guys uh, robbed a CVS in Clearwater. Ever heard of it? Yeah, I was just there. (laughs) Oh, God, were you? (laughs) (laughs) I was very close to there. Okay, how close are you to Xenu? Where is that? Xenu? Xenu? It sounds like Xanadu. The, is that the, is that the thing from uh, uh, Brigadoon? No, that's Brigadoon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know what brainwashing happened while you were there. Xenu is the lizard king that lives inside Scientologists. Oh, God. Anyway, these two men and another accomplice, so three men, I don't know why they said it like that, they robbed a CVS in Clearwater at about 5 a.m., They had guns. Uh, They tied people up with zip ties. It was not great. They stole 10,000 pills containing- That's a lot of pills. Opioids, yeah. Oh, okay. Honestly, yeah, this could have been literally anywhere given the the fact that, um, yeah, half of Americans are addicted to opioids. It's not great. I'm just saying, we're we're shining a light on a real issue. Sorry. Sorry sometimes on Happy Hour gets serious. I know that's uncomfortable for some of you sitting in your little cars right now listening to this on the way to your job. But some of us care about the issues affecting America. Like, where is Lady Gaga's next album? We've been waiting. For so long. And also the opioid epidemic. Yeah. The drugs that were stolen by the trio had a street value of about $320,000. That's more money I've ever seen than once. Yeah. Uh, But apparently, as they were driving away from the CVS in their Chrysler, they were emptying the pills from the bottles and then tossing the bottles out the window as they drove home. (laughs) So the police literally followed the trail of bottles back to a house and found their, like, drug haven. That sounds like something that happened in Scooby-Doo. <laughs> like, that's yeah. how they found a villain in Scooby-Doo. And then they pull off their mask and they're like, oh, Mayor Simpson! <laughs> I did find out that the mayor of Indian Rocks Beach, where my aunt lives, her name is Cookie, and she's the hairstylist in town, and her hair salon is Cookie Cutters. <laughs> and she's the mayor! <laughs> is she a human? Yeah. What kind of name is Cookie for a human? kind who becomes fucking mayor more than you can ever say anyway the men were arrested 
and investigators found out that they had planned this the day before, at least. So, like, I don't know. If you're planning a robbery, maybe don't leave a literal trail. I'm just saying. And finally, a woman in Ohio was arrested for calling 911 repeatedly when her parents cut off her cell phone service, which (laughs) they paid for. (laughs) Yes. I wish I was that much of a brat as a teen. Listen, am I a successful podcast host? Debatable. (laughs) (laughs) Do my parents still pay for my cell phone plan? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Mom and Dad. The original sponsors. (laughs) Mostly because we're all on a family plan where I have unlimited data. Yeah, same. same. And I believe if we change our plan, I lose that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. I don't have to justify myself to you. Fuck off. But if they do cut it off, guess what? 911. I am using the phone that they pay for to call the police. (laughs) Unless they cut off my service before I dial. Um, So the 30-year-old woman was arrested. Oh, yeah. She's also 36 years old. (laughs) What? 36? She's 36 years old. Uh, She was arrested eventually by police and charged with disrupting police services after repeatedly calling emergency dispatchers because her parents had terminated her cell phone service. I love that I just assumed she was a teen. (laughs) Pre-teen, even. No, almost no. 40. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, then I guess I can still aspire to that level of brat. It's not too late. I mean, listen. I've got time. If she wants to come on the pod and explain herself, we'll have her. This is a safe space. Listen, we'll dial in to the Ohio County Jail. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next up, we're diving deep into getting fit. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. dive. All right, so listeners of Unhappy Hour will know that I've become a full-blown fitness bro. My muscles is popping. My veins are pumping. Which I actually hate so much. I can't think about blood being in my body. I have two veins in my arms. Do you see it? No. Yep. They're... I mean, you have more than two veins in your arms, but yep, that I one. see that. Oh, I hate it so much. The reason I think it's one of the reasons why I like can't give blood. <laughs> yeah, these two veins in my arms are are protruding, <laughs> and they disgust me. I look like the top of a Snickers bar, which famously looks like a throbbing dick. <laughs> hate you for ruining Snickers for me. (laughs) Anyway, the point is, I am now well accustomed to the variety of torturous exercises one engaging in fitness is expected to tackle. You got your pushes. You got your pulls. You got your your upper bodies and your lower bodies. I'll I'll try not to get too technical, okay? Because I know that obviously I'm a master who's such a vision of athleticism that I probably intimidate everybody with with my fitness acumen. I mean, ever since that photo of your legs, like, yes. <laughs> There's a lot of fucking exercises, and they're all terrible. That's the thing. There's no exercises where I'm like, this is fun. They're all bad. 
Everyone is a test of my spirit and my soul and technically, most importantly, my body. And even though I push through them all because I'm committed to being fine as hell, they're still horrible and I hate all of them. So let's go through them. I also realized, I should just say, I, I mean, I feel like I've said this on the podcast before because I have now posted a bunch of pictures of myself being fit, <laughs> just just being amazing. <laughs> and people I, people still say in the comments, like, what do you, oh, like, are you on keto? Fuck keto! <laughs> I still don't entirely know what the fuck keto is. But no, I go to the gym. <laughs> I have a personal trainer who now comes to my apartment building, the gym in my apartment building, four times a week. Four times. Wow. wow. All right. Let's get into it first. Push-ups. Here's the thing about arm exercises is that I don't want to do any of them. Never, not once. No. Uh, that Which is actually bravely the opposite of what everybody else typically says. Because, yeah, sorry. Sorry, I'm not like other fitness bros. Okay. Because as bros like to say, we don't skip leg day. That's why half of the gays on Instagram look jacked in their feeds, but then they're walking around in real life looking like Spongebob below the waist. But the point is, I think the cliche thing, especially amongst Instagram gays, is that they go to the gym and only do their arms, and then they're walking around all scrawny-legged. But, like... I don't like doing the arm exercises. My arms are so weak to begin with. There's so much more to work on. Yeah. there's Yeah, the distance between where I would like to be and where I am is far too vast. I think I've said this before, but my main fitness goal is to be able to hold Putty, who is 30 pounds, for like five minutes without shaking. (laughs) And, And I'm not there yet. Okay, sure. I see that. But I'm almost there. Yeah. I mean, what am I using my arms for anyway? Like, legs are actually useful because they carry my thick ass around all the time. Amen. But arms? The heaviest thing I lift regularly is the weight of this podcast. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) For me, it's putty and also cast iron skillets. Yeah. I just want to be able to hold a cast iron skillet with one hand. And that's not even like an arm strength. That's a wrist strength thing, which I don't even think wrists are supposed to get strong. Did you like break your wrists at some point? No, never. Have you ever held a cast iron skillet? Yeah. They're heavy as shit. I know. And when you have to turn them over to get the sauce out, like what are you supposed to do? Yeah, I mean, I know my my body shape is still pretty much a Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> <laughs> so my arms have always been pretty scrawny. Yeah. They're slowly getting up there. Anyway, seriously, what is a fucking push-up? If I'm on the ground, honey, leave me there, okay? Why do I need to learn how to do push-ups when I have this life alert bracelet? <laughs> if I'm on the ground, the fireman is going to have to come lift me up. I also don't like how the second I do a single push-up, my arms immediately start seizing like a chihuahua who forgot to take its anxiety medication. But then they're like, push through it. Bitch, push through what? The ground? Motherfucker, my arms don't work. I told that to my trainer last week because we were doing this push-up exercise and he was like, you have to just push through it. You have to just do it. And I was like, listen... I want to do this as much as you want me to do this. (laughs) It's not going to (laughs) happen. It's like you're going to have to take that up with the little inside out characters that live inside my muscles and pull the strings of my body. (laughs) 
a thing that I only recently learned is that push-ups are not really about your biceps and that you're supposed to use your shoulders? Yeah, and your chest, I guess, too. What the fuck have they been teaching us all these years? That's what I literally had this conversation because my trainer was like, you should feel it in your chest. And I was like, I don't understand. It's like when people are able to get their, like, pecs to dance. (laughs) I'm like, I cannot isolate that muscle in my mind. No. A, because it doesn't exist. (laughs) And B, because that's not how my brain fucking works. But, yeah, I just don't – I don't know. It's also I realize, like, if if I've done some leg exercise – I feel it the next day because I'm using my legs to get around. I'm not like then lifting stuff the day after an arm thing where I feel sore. So yeah, my trainer will be like, "How are your arms?" And I'm like, "I don't, I don't know. I haven't used them since I saw you." Been <laughs> lying at my side or holding up my phone. <gasps> yeah. Maybe we need to make a phone case that's weighted. Yeah, then I'll pick up some regular phone and whip it across the room by accident. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a great business idea. Next! Planks. First of all, planking is so 2010. Oh. What what are we going to do next? Watch Lost and play Angry Birds? You want to go back to that time. (laughs) That was your peak. That basically is where we are now. I actually am a fan of planking in the meme sense, which is just lying on your stomach and not moving. But planking, planking the exercise is basically... It's doing a push-up with your forearms on the ground, but it's holding it. In case you don't know what a plank is, which I really didn't. Okay. How is that building my abs? I don't even understand how it's supposed to work. Make it make sense. Next! Crunches. I don't support anything that sounds like what my skin does when it's flaky. Ew! Think about that next time you're you're crunching up your little abs. I used to hate, I don't know if you had to do sit-up tests in gym. I just remember in like third grade doing sit-ups and then you'd get tired. And so you'd start doing the thing where you like kind of like wrangle to the side (laughs) and then like roll yourself up. And it's like, oh, really cheating the system here. Right. I, uh, the older we got like into high school, it got a little more high tech and they'd have the CD that they'd play on a boom box. (laughs) High tech. (laughs) <laughs> rather than just like do as many sit-ups as you can they would play a cd that would beep and you'd have to keep up to the beat no 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 yeah before you tap out because otherwise you could like rest a lot in between but we'd switch either be like a bunch of mats and then a bunch of not mats <laughs> and then a bunch of buns uh a bunch of mats that they'd lie on the ground and then um half the people would do sit-ups and half of them would hold your feet down yeah and I was always just so scared that I was going to fart in the person's face because <laughs> it happened every time. <laughs> I was I always had to look at the person and be like, I just want you to know what's about to happen. <laughs> I'm literally going to just fucking fart in your face the entire time. And by entire time, I mean for all four sit-ups that I do. Anyway, fuck sit-ups. And then you feel like you're going to barf for the rest of the day because it hurts in the exact spot that your stomach uses to throw up. Next! Bench press. We've been doing some of those. Any sort of press where you're like lifting stuff, where you're on, when you're flat on your back, pushing stuff above your your fucking head. I also don't believe in grunting during exercises and pressing weights above my face requires grunting. 
I am fully against anything where the only thing between something falling on my head and killing me is my hands. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's fucked up. I truly am very much against holding heavy stuff above my face. Yeah. You wouldn't do that standing up just normally. But suddenly, suddenly, because because it's cool to get your muscles big, <laughs> it's fine to do that. Yeah. It's dangerous. I've impaled my sinuses with an eight ounce iPhone and done irreparable damages to my septum. <laughs> so maybe let's not fuck around with a bar that weighs at least 45 pounds or anything above that. And finally, my least favorite exercise, rowing. It's really any type of pull I don't like, but specifically rowing. There's a rowing machine in my gym that I truly hate, even though I'm pretty good at it. (laughs) Unless I'm escaping the Titanic in a boat that I personally linebacked my way onto, I don't want to fucking row ever. This isn't the Potomac. We're not sailing uh, down the Thames. Or however you goddamn say it. I I just feel like rowing is like the whitest activity. I, it's like I'm not on a fucking Oxford polo team. I don't need to practice rowing ever. I famously went to the most private public school in the Chicagoland area, New Trier. And at New Trier, the cool kids didn't play football. They rowed. Yeah. It is like the rich kid cool sport. Yep, absolutely. You know who wasn't on the rowing team? This girl right here. I used to tell people, I was like, yeah, um, I do crew. And people were like, oh, you you row? And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I do stage crew in theater. <laughs> yeah, no, not me. <laughs> no sports ever. Anyway, all exercises are terrible. Also, this was literally the broiest deep dive we could possibly have imagined. Listen, people who have been here since the beginning, I apologize. <laughs> you never knew that this is what unhappy hour would become. Me talking about my fitness journey. But I feel like anybody who has ever set foot in a gym or attempted any of these exercises or took high school gym class knows the pain and torture that is going to the gym. So, yeah, follow your own journey. Also, I realized my biggest hang-up about going to the gym in the first place was, like, looking stupid. I think a lot of people feel that way. And the reality is, yeah, everybody looks stupid. (laughs) Nobody knows what they're doing. I've been at it now for at least a year. And I look like a fucking idiot still. (laughs) So, if that's what's stopping you, it shouldn't. But also, I don't care what you do. Just be happy. And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Dylan Sprouse in the studio right after this commercial break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, my guest complainer today is actor and brewmaster Dylan Sprouse. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the pod. Does my voice sound sexy? Like, <laughs> like pitch it down? You, yeah, you have to stop because I'll, yeah, I won't make it. <sighs> that's the, that's the goal. <laughs> 
Um, we ask everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Okay, yeah. So I received the prompt yes. two days ago. <laughs> and I was doing a lot of thinking. I landed on this. I'm a huge fan of fantasy genre in general. Yeah. And I think that I actually hate that we have normalized British accents as the standard (laughs) for fantasy genre. That is a great answer. I hate it. And maybe it's just the patriot in me, but for some reason, we just associate fantasy with British people. Right. Like anything fantastical has to run through the queen first. Right, right. And that to me has just been irking me because... First off, no fantasy genre gets casted out of the U.S. in general. Like, if there's <laughs> right. a sword, it's always in the EU. Yeah. Um, and Britain, which is now no longer a part of the EU. True. But it makes just as little sense to have the British accent as it does to have, let's say, the Polish accent. <laughs> right. Right. It makes no. It makes equally as little sense. If we're dissecting it... <sighs> <laughs> I'm pushing up my glasses and snorting. We're boogers. getting ready. We're strapping. Yeah. In. If if we're dissecting it, if we're dissecting fantasy races like elves, dwarves, and humans and orcs and goblins and stuff, right, 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 right. If we're dissecting that as like individual cultures, okay, which I'm pretty sure is safe to say, considering that orcs are nothing like dwarves, right? Mm-hmm. Then to give the dwarves let's say, like, a Scottish accent and the orcs a Cockney accent, (laughs) it makes no sense. Are we subconsciously associating orcs with Cockney people? Like, is that what they're going for? Uh, Yeah, I guess. But it's a major question. And oftentimes, there's just a mishmash of accents entirely. Right. So what should it be? Do we just have to make up languages for all of them? Well, see, that's the thing. This is where the hate kind of comes in and out of waves. Because if it makes sense for it to sound British, yeah, then I'm totally on board for it. But if it's just British for British English for British English sake, yeah, then I hate it. It makes no sense. <laughs> okay, got it. Like for example, <clears throat> I loved the show The Witcher. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a huge fan of it. I loved the books. I loved everything. It is arguably. Uh, like Polish national heritage book. Is it? They love it. I know very little about The Witcher. Okay. Well, so it w- it's written by a Polish author. Um, it makes very, very little sense to have everyone speaking in a British accent. <laughs> the same amount of sense that it makes for the Chernobyl actors to speak in yeah, a British accent. That, that is the one that I keep thinking as you're saying this, that I've seen the most people being like, why are they British? Exactly. They're I, Russian. They're you, not Russian. They're, they're Chernobylish. Yeah, so there's an, there's an accent even farther in there. And look, I'm not, I'm not going to be a stickler for historical accuracy because I would rather the story get told, even if it's in British English, than for the story not to be told. Like, do with your resources what you can. Sure. But <laughs> if it's historically <laughs> accurate, and you kind of need... Yeah. We'll see. Maybe I feel like uh, as people get more comfortable, well, 
as <clears throat> Americans get more comfortable with reading captions at the bottom of, of shows. <sighs> Scary. I mean, it terrifies me. <laughs> I, I saw Parasite. Have you seen Parasite? I have not yet. And everyone is telling me I absolutely must. It's good. It's very tense. Yeah. I, I haven't been that tense in a movie theater more before. More tense than Uncut Gems. Did you see that? I have not seen Uncut Gems. Okay, get ready for a ride of anxiety. Yeah, that is why I, I, I didn't realize Parasite would be so tense. Yeah. I knew Uncut Gems was supposed to be tense. Uncut so I, like, Gems haven't is seen like... Like an hour and a half of accidentally calling the teacher dad. <laughs> like it's that much anxiety level. Yeah, I can't handle that. It's it's a lot, but it's also brilliant because that's what it intends to do. Yeah, yeah. Parasite was, um, I don't know if it's quite that intense, but it is, yeah, a sustained level of like, I am, uh, I'm like deeply uncomfortable about I like what's about to happen next. <laughs> I like that kind of movie though. But it is, yeah, tempered by the fact that you are also kind of like reading everything unless you understand the language. I, so I'm fine with subtitles. Yeah. Personally, uh, my girlfriend and I watch so much anime, it's almost criminal. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and even when we're not watching anime, uh, she is from Hungary. She's from Budapest. And so English is her second language. So we put subtitles on shows anyway, just so that she, in case she's confused, she can read right. what's happening. So I've gotten very used to them now. But yeah. I will admit that it does distract your eye away from some of the cinematography. Sure. Yeah. That's how I felt about Love Island. Uh, I have not watched Love Island, but I imagine it's a masterpiece. It's like I'm distracted from the cinematography yeah, um, by yeah. the fact that I have no idea what they're saying, so I have to read the captions. Well, that's why you turn up all the sound effects, like uh, tooting horns and like whistles. Like, <laughs> that's for that kind of show, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I need to give The Witcher another try, I'll be honest. I, I gave it a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because I would watch Henry Cavill do almost do anything. anything yeah. yeah, and I thought, um, yeah, I was gonna see a lot of him in like a hot tub. Uh, yeah, which they definitely advertised <laughs> that as like the. They're like, how much hot tub do you want? They knew. They knew that's how they would get me to watch. I mean. I watched it for that, and I was sorely disappointed. Um, I do appreciate that Henry Cavill does look exactly like a video game character. <laughs> he does. Although, I will say, I think that he I think that he really tried hard to do that, which is testament to him being a good performer, right? I think he's like... Try hard to look like a video game? He, he really devoted himself to Geralt. I don't think that he was just like fucking around. I don't think he was like, whoops, I tripped into being this ripped. Yeah, yeah. Hot. No, he he like he trained day in and day out. I am all for yeah, team making Henry Cavill seem like he did more than he did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's probably already ripped, just genetically lucky. Yeah, yeah, he is one of those people that is yeah. is frustratingly hot. Yeah, I have like the genetic lottery of like a baboon. <laughs> like you are not allowed to say that when you're in my presence. <laughs> You're not allowed. You can't say that for people who are less attractive than you are. You can only say that in front of people who are more attractive. Well, you know, it's not fair because you look at guys like that and you're like, wow, he's he's like tall and his muscles are lean in the right place. Sure. Yeah. You know, like my muscles, like if I wanted to get really shredded, if I wanted to get ripped like Henry Cavill, 
it would just look disproportionate. <laughs> yeah. You're describing um, gay culture and why, <laughs> why we're all depressed. <laughs> <laughs> that answers so many questions for me. Yeah. That is, uh, that's why Instagram is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. It is, it is pretty bad. Yeah. Man, it yeah. is pretty bad. That's why I just stick to uh, vapid humor. <laughs> I I do want to talk about your Instagram yeah. um, because it is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. And that is a compliment. <laughs> it, so you have like a pretty um, just explain, explain your Instagram. Yeah. OK, well, where do I begin? So I only have uh, nine photos on my Instagram mm-hmm. and eight of them besides the very first one, eight of them are actually uh, a drawing that links together. Yeah. And it's a living room and a TV set, right? And it's a drawing that I just did a doodle of a few years ago. And the first picture that I post, the newest picture, is supposed to be the picture in the TV set. And I delete my photos every time I post a new one. So I delete the the newest one every time so that it looks like the channel is being changed. Mm Um, but that's for very many different reasons, primarily because I do not like people to look through like a photo album right. of things that I've curated yeah. or not curated, like things that I don't remember or don't care about. Like, oh, I posted this weird image of me in a cowboy hat drunk three years ago in college. Right. <laughs> like, I, I don't want that sure. vibe. Um, so it was really in an effort to have less transparency. Yeah. Um, But I was also interested at the time of seeing whether or not it would increase my traffic on my page. Mm -hmm. Because the thinking was this was around the time that Snapchat was really popular and the kind of impermanence of social media was a really popular thing. Right. So I found that I had more day-to-day traffic on my page when I was deleting things more often and keeping it impermanent and higher interaction on my pictures. Right. And more reposts of my pictures from accounts after I would delete them. Mm-hmm. And so in a way, it it kind of raised the entirety of my social media up as well as, and this is totally dumb, but like... A lot of celebrities will do endorsements where they post pictures. Right. And it'll be anywhere from the stupidest shit, like coffee scrubs for your butthole or something. <laughs> right. All, all the way. We're really up. coming for gay culture today. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry if you like coffee scrubs for your butthole. It's no offense, but to endorse it on your page is a little bit like, you know, a little bit. Uh, obvious. Yeah, yeah. And all the way up to the highest brand level. Let's say, you know, you're you're doing a watch campaign or you're doing something blah, blah, blah. So I created a weird, weirdly enough, I created an internal market for those people looking for endorsements. Yeah. Because they pay for days up rather than like a lump sum of here it is and it stays up permanently. Right, right. So I'm not like brainwashing people on my page which seems really annoying no i like that i mean i think i think a lot of people now are getting more comfortable with the idea of things being up for a set amount of time not infinitely and deleting old stuff especially i mean there's a lot of different reasons why people do that yeah a lot of people who have come on this show have talked about 
they delete all of their old tweets and, yeah. you know, nobody can dig up old stuff that you've said. Of course. Yeah. Well, also, the the you that you are now is so different right. from the you that you probably were two years ago. Or the you that posted that tweet that I posted at three in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> that That wasn't me, okay? That was I, a different me. Very different me, right? So is it your responsibility to show people who you think is most representative of you? Or is it your responsibility to just post whatever you like and show them everything? I don't know. Yeah. My my strategy has shifted. My strategy up until recently has been I'm going to show the worst version of myself on the internet so yeah. that when people do meet me, I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, they're like, oh, he's actually a little better than I thought. Yeah, he's not <laughs> as bad as I thought. Safe. Um, but now I'm like, oh, maybe I should put in some more effort. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, look, there's an allure to the other side, too. There's an allure to being transparent in your faults. Right. Or things that you view as less, like, approachable. Yeah. There is an allure to that. Um, I think it's just, it's really about, I don't know, how you want to be perceived. How transparent do you want people to see you in your day-to-day life privately? Yeah. And I realized two years ago, I didn't want people to really know me very much at all yeah i want to keep that pretty pretty limited Mm -hmm. besides the people that i know and i love and i trust um or if i do post something weird or funny or stupid it's not up for a long time yeah right it's just silliness impermanent Right, right. Um, I do want to ask about your mead. Mm -hmm. I should say, we met a few weeks ago. That was when I had your mead for the first time. And I was viciously hungover the next day. Oh, man. Uh, Me too. (laughs) Blitzed. Truly, truly one of the most hungover I've been. How much did you mix? Well, that was the thing is that this particular event had mead cocktails, which was a mixture of mead and other alcohols. Totally. um, Which is never a good idea. I also realized I didn't eat enough, even though when you came up to say hello, I was fully like... You were scarfing down. Yeah, and a donut. (laughs) I had multiple donuts. I only had the donuts, I think. Mead glazed donuts. Which was rad. Yeah, that was rad. Yeah. So for people who have no idea, what is mead? Yeah, I get this question <laughs> a lot, uh, unsurprisingly. The top of the FAQ. Yeah, so mead is, uh, for better or for worse, to describe it, I would say it's a honey wine. Right. And uh, that's the easiest way to describe it. But it's also the fastest growing alcohol inside of the U.S. of like the last five years. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but I won't bore you all <laughs> now. It's because of you. Mm. That's what I like to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it's a very like old. It is the oldest. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's, here's the thing. There's like always conflicting historical accuracy on this. Some people say ancient China was the first place to document it. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Um, some people say ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. Right. But who certainly popularized it was Europe in general. Right. Um, And it kind of started with the ancient Greeks and then it went to Scandinavia and proto-Germanic cultures. Mm -hmm. And uh, there it kind of stayed. But it fell out of fashion with uh, beer and wine and the rise of that because beer and wine is a lot easier to make. 
and you don't get stung all the time trying to make it. <laughs> so I feel like until very recently when actual honey harvesting practices have gotten a lot safer and easier. Yeah. Mead hasn't made a comeback until very recently, right? Right. Yeah. And now the bees are dying. So Well, they're they're in an upswing right now. Are they? Yeah, things are looking right. good for bees. That's good. At least some good news yeah. is happening. And I think mead has a lot to do with that. So you started brewing in your dorm? No, I started brewing when I was 16 in California. <laughs> even even so sooner. Even earlier. <laughs> um, yeah, so I started brewing uh, much younger um, when I was 16. And uh, my family has never been strict about alcohol in general. Mm-hmm. They're very European in this way. Right. Um, so I was interested in... Uh, Drinking with my friends at 16, as most little shitheads are. Right. And uh, and so I was living near an apiary, and I knew that I could buy all the ingredients to brew legally. Sure. So I made five gallons, and I made this very, very high percent, super sweet, basically lean. Uh-huh. And we just got blitzed 16. And I actually, at first I was like, I don't like this at all. This tastes like shit, but I liked brewing it. And so I fell in love with the process of brewing it. And my father had discovered that I was secretly brewing it and he actually supported it. Yeah. So it was mead from the beginning. It was always mead. Yeah. It was always mead. And since then I've made everything pretty much. Uh, I've, I've experimented with beer, never in depth enough to find it like my thing. And so mead, I was always passionate about through just the history of it and just the taste of it, which I noticed that what we were doing in Allwise was very different from what people were selling on the market. Mm-hmm. A lot of people selling it uh, super sweet, sugary, kind of like the one that I first made. That's yeah. how I thought it needed to be made. Even the book that I read told me that's how it needed to be made. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, so I just kept it up. I fell in love with it. I kept brewing and uh, I tried every mead that I could get my hands on with a fake ID when my name was literally <laughs> Thor on my fake ID. And no one was like, okay, Thor from Nevada. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I don't... And that was in New York or California? That was in New York. Yeah. I, mean, I got I mean <laughs> I, I got my ID from a guy whose whose like street name was Magic. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to All rat right. him out. Right, like, yeah, just call him out. I guess I'm a narc now. Is that how it works? We can bleep his name. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's his real name. I think he's safe. Yeah, but I don't, you know, I don't want to... I wonder if he's they... still... Should I text him? <laughs> I think I still have his number. Here it is. I'm not even joking. I want... This is his last message. We're offering a promo of half-off shipping as a special thank you to those customers who have continued to put me on the map as the best in the business. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> wow. I love that guy. What a marketer. He Honestly. Knows, he knows what he's doing. And he he's talking about it like it's not incredibly illegal, too. You know? <laughs> right. He's talking about it like it's just chill. Like, oh, yeah. That's how, that's how you have to do it. I've never had the confidence to do no, that. No. So. Me, I mean, me neither. But I don't know. You have a business, and I'm just a man with a microphone. So Yeah, but he makes fake IDs, and I make mead. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Very different marketing plan. I, sure. I honestly feel like his business is probably way better than any business any of us could come up with. <laughs> I mean, I assumed that that business was probably mostly word of mouth, uh, but apparently not. I do. Um, one, I just want to. There's a few tweets that I just want you to elaborate on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Any dude who actually uses the fly on their underwear is a confirmed sociopath. Yeah, I think so. Hard agree. Who weasels their wiener out of the fucking <laughs> hole in the front? It is like you have to dig in like you're getting a cookie out of the jar. Right. Like even just pull them down. When I I I purchased a onesie recently <laughs> and it is I it is more deranged to me to use the fly the butt flap too is that a butt flap or the butt flap yeah than to just like fully disrobe. It's like really I would weird. I would rather get fully naked to pee than yeah. to use a flap. It's arguably sociopathic. Yeah. Because like you are going against every instinct that your body tells you to, it's tw- it takes twice as long to weasel weasel it out. Right, and then it's much more hassle. It's actually you're you're committed to working more to pee. So I don't know. It's weird. Uh, I agree. This one, this was from 2015. Oh God! You just said, "Is it gross to eat right from the tub of barbecue pulled chicken?" <laughs> <laughs> and I really like to believe that you were in a room with a tub. Oh, I was. 2015, I was making a lot of crockpot chicken. <laughs> and I ate right out the pot. Yeah. Uh, you're, so is it gross? Um, no. You're asking the wrong person because I will validate <laughs> almost any horrible behavior. Uh, yeah. No, I am I am a fan of eating out of a tub of anything. Yeah. It's, yeah, tub is actually like... It's a pretty solid, yeah. Okay, tub, loincloth, <laughs> drinking gasoline. That's the vibe. Right, yeah, 2020. 2020 goals. Uh, okay, I do want to get your, so we have a we have this wheel that I'm going to spin on my screen, and we're going to get, I want your thoughts on some various topics. Okay. Florida. Florida. Are you pro or anti-Florida? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, this is a thumbs up or thumbs down situation. Yeah, I'm pro Florida. Yeah, and the reason why is because it's like the same way that Australia is. Uh Florida is like the land of monsters. Yeah. It's actually and not just animals cuz there are monsters there, but monstrous humans too. Right, right. Like it's just everything about it is the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know? every person who lives in Florida has emerged at some point from a bog. <laughs> the, and... the spiritual Everglades. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, and yeah, we're all at risk. It's just that. And then out of nowhere, there's Miami. Right. Right. Yeah, they get a pass. Because then you like, you trudge 15 feet outside of Miami and you're like walking into alligator boa constrictor territory. <laughs> I, you should probably be careful in Miami, also. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, let me let me get another topic from the wheel. Hit it. Um, okay, another one. Half birthdays. Oh, if Barbara listens to this, she's gonna be pissed. <laughs> I hate them. <laughs> Are you? I a- hate them. She's not. She's not full for half birthdays. But in Hungary, they have a thing called name days. Uh huh. Ascent- okay, so. Uh, Barbara is my girlfriend's name. Uh, there is a Barbara Day. And in oh. Hungary, there's a day where all the Barbaras get a cupcake or they celebrate because they are named Barbara and it's their day. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, I remember her getting slightly offended at me not remembering her name day <laughs> once. And I was befuddled, sure. obviously. Um, so, I don't know. I think that the birthdays are the day that you do the thing. Right. I don't think you need a half birthday. All right, fine. Um, hey, uh, this is, tell me if this is a bad idea. 
Okay, because this I've been debating inside my internal, in my friend group. And I think it's kind of funny, but some people who are are more (laughs) reserved think it's not funny. I want to have a dead guy birthday, right? Where I'm actually like... Like my friends bring me out in a fake coffin and I'm in the center of the birthday and my friends who are obviously in on the joke, everyone's in on the joke. They give like eulogies like, oh, I remember him, how he did this. And then I rise (laughs) from the grave. My brother's like back near a tree smoking a cigarette, you know, like I think it's a fun and weird idea because somehow there's some overlaps in like birthdays and like (laughs) thinking about people (laughs) in the past. I I have follow up questions. Yeah. Are, so you are you faking your own death? Do the people think that you're they, dead? They know it's a joke. Okay. It's just like everyone, the theme of the party is that I'm dead. Sure. And that I rise from the grave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Is it is it offensive? It's not offensive, no. I'm probably the wrong person to ask that question, but I, I don't think so. Who because are you offending? The dead? dead? That's what I... Th- <laughs> I'll see, so that's the thing. It's like people who have reverence for that process are like hey i think it's funny to get all my friends together dressed in black and i'm on like a pyre and i rise because like a shaman resurrects me i think that's hilarious right right and then we all drink like crazy and we play board games you know yeah yeah but uh no i don't think it's offensive personally um I mean, I don't think I'm too superstitious, but part of me is like, I don't love that idea for myself. Because I'm like inviting it in or something? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't even like when I'm in bed, like lying. There's like the one position that I refuse to lie in. And it's it's the like, yeah, funeral position. (laughs) Okay, that's superstitious. I had to break it to you. Uh, Yeah. That is like the most superstitious I get, I think. See, I'm not in that way. I find it... I don't know. I find it funnier. And then... To sleep. You sleep in a coffin is what you're saying. Yeah. And when I'm 110 and I do pass away, then my friends are like, hey, do you remember that time when he was 28 (laughs) and we did this as a joke? (laughs) Yeah. They don't even have to do it again. No. So it's only... It happens once. Or this is like a yearly thing. It's not yearly. Okay. Dead guy birthday is the theme potentially this year. (laughs) All right. And the funny part is my brother's on board. He's just going to stand by a tree in the back dressed in black, smoking a cigarette and not talking to anybody. Like right, he's like right. the like the mysterious stranger, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is it, it does make it better that he is your twin and yeah. that yeah, he has to stand. <laughs> like they're like did he do it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to bring that energy. The like that's is, the theme. There is a mystery. Barbara's in a veil. She's like, "Oh no." Yeah. And everyone's fighting over my will, which just, like, gives cookies away or something. I don't know. I'm a fan of that. Yeah. Um, I cannot wrap up on Dead Guy Birthday, so you gotta <laughs> you got to give me something else. <laughs> All right. And for our last one, karaoke. I've heard, I've heard you're a fan. Huge karaoke guy. What is your go-to karaoke song? Uh, Black Parade. I don't even know that song. Oh, yes, you do. Do I? I'm mm. too... When I was a young boy, my father... <laughs> You don't know that song? <laughs> Everyone knows Black Parade. Sure, sure. Okay, uh, either that or Mr. Brightside by The Killers. Of okay, course. yeah, yeah. You want to know another pet peeve? Yeah, what are the karaoke pet peeves? Karaoke pet peeves. When someone goes into karaoke and it's their fucking moment to shine. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, that's me. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, it's not, they're so, first off, it's usually they're good at singing. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's usually like an excuse to shut everyone else down from a fun time so they have a moment to belt Christina Aguilar. And that, for me... That is me. Is, <laughs> that's <laughs> Every, a pet peeve. Everyone in the control room is like, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, that's him. It depends on the situation for me. Because I think... If you're in a like private room situation yeah. with your, all of your friends, then it's like, yeah, you're all in it together. Yeah. If it's like a, a bar where everyone's getting called up one by one, then it's like, all right, you're yeah, on a you, stage. Yeah, you do that then. Yeah. Totally. That's fair. Honestly, one of my biggest achievements was getting a standing ovation in Mexico City. Oh. At a bar where it, it like most people did not speak English and I sang a song from Dreamgirls. <laughs> Hell yeah. Everybody loved it. See? Okay, before we let you go, where can people find you and your work? All over the place. Uh, I am everywhere, sadly. The location where I hide at most of the day, brewing alcohol, mm-hmm. is in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Right. Uh, we are right under the shadow of the William Vale Hotel. So we're on uh, North 13th and Wythe. And uh, we're open most days. It's our manufacturing. Right. Um, so we're open for tastings from like 12 to 5. Um, and you can come hang out and drink there with us. And our bar will be open, uh, hopefully, within the next four months. <laughs> I, it's wrong every time I say it. But then it'll be full bar hours. So nice. we're opening up our bar soon over there. And uh, we'll do a lot of different live music, full bar, games, a bunch of stuff. So that's where. Go drink meat. Exactly. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easier, starting with the TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? People know I've been watching Fargo, but Uh Fargo is an anthology series, so it feels like I'm watching a new show in the second season. (laughs) That's how I'm getting away with talking about it. Uh, We've been watching Fargo season two, and I like it so much. I I actually like the second season way more than the first. Um, So yeah, that's what I've been watching other than Curbin High Maintenance and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. What about you? What are you watching? I've also been catching up on uh, High Maintenance and Curb uh, because I was behind and you were farther ahead of me. But the one show uh, that I started watching, I've only gotten like an episode in, is called Everything's Gonna Be Okay. It's uh, on Freeform, I think. So it's on Hulu. I think one of my very first chasers was for a show called please like me oh yeah it's like an australian comedian named josh thomas who yeah had the show that is also on hulu highly recommend it but it is this like mixture of funny with also like very serious and not funny (laughs) but in in a way that it's like very heartwarming and charming and like i don't know how life actually is so this show is in that same sort of style Uh, It's called Everything's Gonna Be Okay. The premise is that this guy, who's sort of that same character of, like, a 20-something gay guy who's, like, kind of a mess, he finds out that his dad is dying, kind of sad, um, and that he's going to have to take care of his two younger sisters, one of whom has autism. (laughs) This is really... It's a funny show! (laughs) But yeah, it's like, uh, I I still have to give it more of a chance because Please Like Me, I loved so much. And I kind of like just want that even more. But this one, uh, I've only watched the first episode, but it is charming and funny and I like it. What's your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser is that while I was in Florida, I got to go to Harry Potter World with my seven-year-old British cousin, Noah. (laughs) 
and other family members. But most importantly, a seven-year-old British cousin who's obsessed with Harry Potter. Technically, it was her second time going and my first. So I was maybe more excited than her. But it was just so fun and so much better than the California one. It's like two parks. The rides were really fun. The Gringotts ride specifically was my favorite in the entire park. And it was just, it was fucking magical. I just loved it. And it made me so happy to be there. I was like a giddy kid. And it was just like, wow, this is the closest I'll ever come to like having these fantasies be real (laughs) from when you're a kid. And you're like, I want to be in that book. And you're like, wow, look at this. I am. And it was really fun. Now I want to go. Yeah. Well, I want to go back with friends because I was very, very sober on that trip. And it was also like trying to do a lot of these different things. And I want to spend like a whole day just in the Harry Potter world area and also be drunk. Right, right. So we should make it happen. Yes. On Happy Hour Live at Universal Studios. (laughs) (laughs) Harry Potter worlds. What about you? you? What's your chaser for this week? Um, mine is another kind of serious one, I guess, uh, is uh, a book I just finished called How to Do Nothing. Oh, nice. <laughs> Resisting the Attention Economy. Oh. <laughs> uh, it was, it's good. It's by an artist named Jenny O'Dell. And it I say that specifically because it sounds like it's going to be a, a, like actual how-to book in the same vein of those like how to break up with your phone and stuff right. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of those are written by like either like a psychologist or like a former tech guy who's like, sorry, I fucked up all your brains. <laughs> <laughs> but this one, she's an artist who lives in Oakland, California, and um a lot of it is a kind of like artisty and like it's we got to return to nature and honor the birds. <laughs> so it is if you're looking for a book that is like I want to spend less time on my phone in like a very practical way. Maybe not this. This is more like I don't know, like a theory. But it just made me think a lot about um, like what you choose to spend your attention on. A main part of the book is about the fact that so much of our attention and so much of what, when we talk about like refocusing our attention it, on like and unplugging from our phones is still kind of about, well, how do you be like more productive in your life? Yeah. And it's still all like, well, how do you produce more? It's like capitalist. <laughs> and this is like you have to kind of be aware of how do you just like spend time not doing any like not producing anything yeah just like staring off into space kind of yeah anyway i recommend it read a description that is better than what i am providing (laughs) but it's a very good book i've also seen a lot of other people post about it so i'm not just crazy saying this alone um and also has a really pretty cover so it's called how to do nothing by jenny odell And that's my chaser, and that's this week's episode. So thank you for listening to this week's Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkleberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, bye-bye. Dun, 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 dun.
dun. Well, you don't know how I feel. You never know, but it's all right. I don't remember where that song is from. <laughs> <laughs>